0: Peace be upon you. So um, the other day I was listening to a podcast from uh, Joe Rogan and um, it was episode 986. He was interviewing Maynard, who's the lead singer from Tool. And during the conversation, uh, they went on this tangent about the possibility of an asteroid hitting planet Earth and what that would do to the uh, uh, consciousness of the individuals. Uh, and their complaint was that, you know, we spent so much time focusing on frivolous things when in actuality, we, there's much deeper questions we can be uh, contemplating. And what I thought this was so striking was that this is actually a prophecy in the Quran um, entitled The Smoke. So we're going to start with the uh, uh, the piece from uh, the Joe Rogan podcast that I kind of uh, edited together. I tried to take out all the uh, the bad language the best I could. Um, so uh, we'll start there. I slam into
1: the earth. I think that's what we need. We need like a small European city <laughs> wiped out just so we go, oh. Oh, okay. Well, this is, this is crazy. What are, we, what are We're concentrating on bullshit. Yeah. We're in a goddamn shooting gallery. Our life is just so short. Yeah. We don't understand the real spans of time. Yeah, right. We don't understand that periodically this f- whole thing is going to get rattled. Yes, extremely. No doubt about it. It's coming. Yeah. yeah and so I think that's, you know, it's idle, you know, idle hands are the devil's playground. You've heard that cliche. What happens when that rock does fall from the sky? Because it happens all the time. Yeah, Hist- you know, Historically. Historically, it happens a lot. Uh, and I do believe that that, is the, that, would be the, that would be the reset button. I'd prefer not to have that be the reset button. I'd, re- I'd prefer that our consciousness caught up with itself and we just kind of start talking to each other. I would like that, too. But I think we need something. We yeah. need a little shake them up Maybe it right. doesn't even have to hit a city. Like, how about hit the ocean? We catch it on video, just boom, mile high waves wipes out all of Carbon Beach in Malibu. Come on, son, all those billion dollar—they call that billionaire beach? These assholes. But it would only work. It would only work if it if it was a global event, right? Because if it's isolated, because we've had tsunamis at large, we don't care large cities. Yeah. We, nobody, nobody does anything about it. It would have to be, we had Katrina, that, but that's down there with those people. Um, it needs to be something that's nationwide that it, that hits all of us at the same time, where we stop with this bullshit, stop with this polarized bullshit, and start talking to each other. They have to. It has to affect to them. It. it has to affect yeah. them on some level that actually kickstarts their compassion gene as time has gone on when you no longer are threatened by these things there's no you know there's plenty of clothes everywhere pretty much plenty of food everywhere where we live and a lot of idle hands yeah, a lot of idle hands and so we've lost touch with that imminent threat so we have we started to turn on each other
0: all right so i thought that was a when i heard that i was like oh my god <laughs> it's literally talking about the uh, the the prophecy that's uh, mentioned both in the quran and the bible uh, regarding uh, smoke and uh, chapter uh, Surah 44 uh, of the Quran, it's actually entitled Smoke and it talks about this uh, very event. So, smoke is the second event um, that's going to take place before the uh, end of the world. So, we have uh, smoke, we have Gog and Magog, and then we have the end of the world. And, um, you know, obviously, there's uh, many years between each and one of these events, but these are kind of uh, markers uh, for signs for the uh, coming of the uh, end of the world. So, in uh, Surah 44, uh, I'm going to read from the top. It says, In the name of God, most gracious, most merciful, H.M., and it's a lightning scripture. We have sent it down in a blessed night, for we are to warn. In it, the scripture, every matter of wisdom is clarified. It is predetermined command from us that we send messengers. This is a mercy from your Lord. He is here, the omniscient, Lord of the heavens and the earth and everything between them. If only you could be certain there is no other God beside him. He controls life and death. Your Lord and the Lord of your ancestors. Indeed, they are doubtful, heedless. So just want to dissect some of this. One of the things is in 44.5, it says uh, we send messengers. You know, people are so fixated that Prof, uh, Prophet Muhammad was not only the last prophet, he was also the last messenger, which goes contrary to the Quran. Uh, The Quran talks about as long as uh, human beings are on earth, God is going to continue sending messengers. Also, God is always going to send a messenger before uh, an annihilation event uh, takes place. Uh, This is part of God's system. So we're going to continue in 4410 where it actually talks about the smoke. It says, therefore, watch for the day when the sky brings a profound smoke. It will envelop the people. This is a painful retribution. Our Lord relieved this retribution for us. We are believers. 44, 13 through 15 God's messenger of the covenant says Now that it is too late, they remember an enlightening messenger had come to them, but they turn away from him saying, well educated but crazy. We will relieve the retribution for a while. You will soon revert. So this is a prophecy that came from the messenger of the covenant who was uh, basically told us what the meanings of these verses are. And it's obvious because the description of the messenger is well educated but crazy um this clearly isn't talking about Prophet muhammad you know a smoke event did not happen after Prophet muhammad it's something that's yet to come and uh the description of well educated uh rashad khalifa was a phd in biochemistry uh he's a native uh, uh arab speaker who uh, uh learned english as well and um you know, people called him crazy when he came up with the uh, he basically discovered a mathematical miracle and its implications. So it's describing the messenger of the covenant and further proof of this is in chapter 26. So chapter 26 is interesting. It's written in a style where it's uh, taking uh, a selective group of messengers and the messengers go to a community. It says, I'm an honest messenger to you. You shall reverence God and obey me. And the people basically, and they provide a miracle. The people disregard the miracle. They turn on the messenger and then disaster hits the people and the people are annihilated. So we see this for Lot. We see this for Shweb. We see this for Hud, for Saleh. And then at the end, in, starting from verse 192, it's talking about the Quran. So my understanding from this is that, look, the same thing that happened to the people in the past, it's happening to our generation. So um, starting from 26, uh, 198, it says the Quran must be translated. That's the subtitle. And what's interesting is Rashad Khalifa was the 19th English translation, and he was the first native Arab speaker who translated the Quran into English. And, twenty uh, six 26198 says, uh, reads, if we revealed this to people who do not know Arabic and had them recite it in Arabic, they could not possibly believe in it. We thus render it like a foreign language in the hearts of the guilty. Thus, they cannot believe in it. Not until they see the painful retribution, it will come to them suddenly when they least expect it. They will then say, can we have a respite? Did they not challenge our retribution? As you see, we allowed them to enjoy for years. Then the retribution came to them just as promised. Their vast resources did not help them in the least. We never annihilate any community without sending warners. Uh, Therefore, this is a reminder for we are never unjust. So again, this is saying, look, the messenger of the covenant came. He gave this message to the people who received the Quran, the Arabs predominantly, right? The people of Saudi Arabia, uh, Yemen, uh, all these Arab countries that not only did they turn away, Right. But they went out of their way to uh, defy the message, uh, to uh, persecute the messenger of the covenant and eventually to have him assassinated. Uh, These are some of the worst human beings on this planet. I mean, you look at the human rights violations of Saudi Arabia. These are literally the most disgusting human beings um, that exist in the sense that you have people who somehow... They're funding terrorism all over the world, and they're saying that this is in the name of God. Uh, they're cutting off the heads of innocent people. They're uh, turning children into sex slaves and mass amounts of like pedophilia. And the only reason that people don't call them out about it is because of their vast resources. And in the verse, we read that their vast resources did not help them in the least. So when the smoke comes, this asteroid hits the Earth. It's most likely going to hit somewhere in uh, the uh, uh, Arabian Peninsula. And the people that are going to be the most affected by this are going to be the individuals um, in the uh, the Arab nations, because these are people who had the Quran in their native language and are the, the worst in hypocrisy and disbelief. These the people, as far as what they've done with this religion, they've hijacked the religion, they've created it into something that is never authorized by God. It's more of a a cult, uh, you know, dedicated to the devil. Because the things that they try to get away with and they claim are just absolutely disgusting. And as a a, uh, submitter, you know, we should never justify these actions of these individuals, uh, the people of ISIS and ISIL and, you know, all these other just disgusting human beings. Um, So we're going to continue in 1340. It says, whether we show you what we promised them or terminate your life before that, your sole mission is to deliver the message it is us who will call them to account. So again, it's telling the messenger of the covenant, it's telling that uh, and it actually happened. His life was terminated before this event took place. And um, 4635 says, therefore, be patient like the messengers before you who possess strength and resorted to patience. Do not be in a hurry to see the retribution that will inevitably come to them. The day they see it, it will seem as if they lasted one hour of the day. This is a proclamation. Is it not the wicked who are consistently annihilated? Um Thirty-four, forty-six says say i ask you to do one thing devote yourselves to god in pairs or as individuals then reflect your friend rashad is not crazy he's a manifest warner to you just before the advent of a terrible retribution again you know uh, after prophet muhammad came there wasn't a, uh, a, a annihilation event a terrible retribution this is referring to a messenger after muhammad um and um it's not this isn't this is a just god system uh, we're going to need moments in human history where events have to take place to kind of get everyone back into uh, um, Realizing what's actually important to get our priorities back on just like it was discussed in the uh, the podcast and um, We see you know consistently in the Quran that a uh, the disbelievers they challenged this retribution in seventy it says they said we will not believe unless you uh, you, uh, you cause spring to gush out of the ground or unless you own a garden of date palms and grapes with rivers running through it or unless you cause masses from the skies you claim to fall on us or unless you bring God and the angels before our eyes so again they're claiming they're saying unless you cause masses from the sky as you claim to fall on us uh, they're challenging God's retribution. In uh, 5244, it reads, when they see masses falling from the sky, they will say piled clouds. So they'll mistaken, you know, the uh, the, the, the plume of the, uh, the smoke from the asteroid as just uh, piled clouds. Um, and in 34.2, uh, it says, uh, so this is referring to God, he knows everything that comes into the earth and everything that comes out of it and everything that comes down from the sky, and everything that climbs into it, he's most merciful, the forgiving. So now that we've looked at the verses from the Quran and kind of uh, uh, discussed some of the, uh, uh, the uh, consequences of the, uh, the smoke as far as what's, uh, why it's taking place and how it's taking place, uh, I wanted to look at the uh, two times in the Bible that I found that it refers to this prophecy. So the first one is in uh, uh, Daniel, the book of Daniel, chapter 2, and it's in regards to uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. So just some uh, background context is uh, Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. And uh, he had a dream that woke him up in the middle of the night that terrified him. And he asked all his uh, enchanters and astrologers and uh, magicians uh, to uh, interpret his dream for him without him telling him what he dreamt. And they basically pushed back. They said, that's impossible. No one can do it. And in retaliation, King Nebuchadnezzar said, okay, I'm going to put all you uh, wise men to death. And word got out to Daniel. And Daniel went uh, and told the king and said, hey, king. I can interpret this dream for uh, for you, uh, but it's not going to be me it 's going to be my God who i 'm going to invoke so give me time let me implore God and um, i'll inter- uh, you know by god 's leave uh, God will give me the answer and i 'll be able to interpret it for you and what was interesting was King Nebuchadnezzar gave them I believe until dawn to uh, <laughs> to not only uh, uh, tell him what he dreamt but then be able to interpret it so uh, Daniel and his uh, contemporaries they implore God and God gives them the answer. So starting from chapter 2, verse 24, uh, we're going to read what Daniel's response to the king was. It says, um, king, in a point to execute the wise men of Babylon, said to him, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. Uh, Ariok took Daniel to king at once and said, I found the man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. The king asked Daniel, Are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. As your majesty was lying there, your mind turned to things to come, and the revealer of mysteries showed you what was going to happen. As for me, the mystery has been revealed to me, not because I am a grantor of wisdom than anyone else alive, but so that your majesty may know the interpretation and you may understand what went through your mind. Your majesty looked. There before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partially of iron and partially of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out. But not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron and clay, the bronze, the silver, the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on a uh, threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain that filled the whole earth. This was a dream. Now we will interpret it to the king. Your majesty, you are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and mighty and glory. In your hands he has placed all mankind and beasts of the field and birds in the sky. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them. You are the head of gold. After you, another kingdom will arise inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all others. Just as you saw, the feet and toes were partially of baked clay and partially of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. Yet it will have some of the strengths of iron in it, even as as you saw iron mixed with clay, as the toes were partially iron and partially clay, so this kingdom will be partially strong and partially brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay in the time of those kings the god of heaven will set up kingdom that will never be destroyed nor will be left to another people it will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to the end but it will itself endure forever this is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a uh, mountain but not by a human hands a rock that broke the iron the bronze the clay the silver the gold to pieces the great god has shown you shown the king uh, what will take place in the future the dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy so the takeaway from this is this statue that uh, uh, Daniel interpreted from the uh, king's dream um, re- referred to the different uh, empires that took place after Babylon so the head of gold was considered to be Babylon the uh, chest and arms of uh, silver was the uh, Persian Empire that came afterwards after that became the the bronze, which were the uh, the legs and the thighs. Um, and that's referring to the uh, the, Greece, uh, the Greeks. And then afterwards came the Romans. And the Romans brought democracy. And this is the, the form of government that's prevalent throughout the world. Uh, let's put it this way, the developed world uh, today. And what it's saying is that these democracies are going to be divided. And what's going to happen is this rock, it's going to smash them into pieces. And when this happens, it's going to be united under the banner of uh, uh, God. Um, that one united uh, empire is going to uh, come out of that, and my understanding from this is that when the meteor strikes, a lot of these uh, uh, what do you call it uh, differences that we see among the nations uh, are going to kind of uh, go away, and we're going to become one unified people. Um, and it's from that that you see that it's like okay, this is the uh, the prophecy according to the uh, uh, the Bible in the Book of Daniel. And then we're going to look at another one from uh, Revelations uh, chapter 9. So in Revelations, it's talking about all the, uh, the the angels that are blowing trumpets for each of the steps before the, uh, or signs before the uh, end of the world. And chapter 9 talks about the fifth angel sounded his trumpet. And I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. When he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and the sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss, and out of the smoke locusts came down on the earth, and were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not allowed to kill them, but only to torture them for five months." And the agony they suffered was like that of the sting of a scorpion when it strikes. During those days, people will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will not elude them. The locusts looked like horses prepared for battle. On their heads, they were uh, something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like woven hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle." That tails with stingers like scorpions, and their tails, they had power to torment people for five months. They had they had as the king over them the angel of abyss, whose name in Hebrew Abaddon, uh, and in Greek Apollyon, uh, that is destroyer. So my understanding from this uh, parable or this metaphor for one of the signs of the end of the world, again, it's this uh, concept of meteor hitting the uh, the earth and causing this. Um, one of the things that happens is when the, the meteor hits. Uh, not only does it cause absolute, you know, annihilation in the uh, uh, hundred square miles of where it uh, strikes, it's going to cause a uh, puff of smoke that's going to go up and cover the entire atmosphere, and um, it's going to bring, you know, uh, brimstone down to a lot of uh, individuals uh, within vicinity. And um, again, these aren't pleasant things; they're not meant to be pleasant. This is a uh, retribution. But one of the awesome things that God, you know, nothing God does is in vain. Um, every act, every action that takes place is for the benefit of the people. Death is an inevitability of life, right? All of us are going to die one way or another. Uh, be it, you know, tomorrow I could be walking down the street and get struck by, uh, a, a, a bus, uh, or fall into a hole. God knows, right? My time on this world is limited. But God allows these events to take place so that the future generations can take heed. Just like we have the examples in the uh, the Quran and the Bible about communities in the past who uh, basically uh, turned away from God and the, uh, the suffering that they had to endure. And God tells us in 794 and 95 that this could be a blessing in disguise. And I'll kind of explain how this can be. And it's one of these things that it might be hard to understand, but hopefully it's going to shed some light. So 794 says, whenever we send a prophet to any community... We afflicted its people with adversity and hardship that they may implore. Then we substituted peace and prosperity in place of that hardship. But at last, they turned heedless and said, it is our parents who experienced that hardship before prosperity. Consequently, we punished them suddenly when they least expected. And the concept is, you know, when we get too comfortable in life, we start forgetting what our real priorities are. You know, the purpose of this world is to grow and develop our souls, to become better human beings, to uh, grow in righteousness. And when we lose sight of that and we think of, uh, you know, the purpose of this life is to uh, uh, gain more money, gain more resources uh, at the expense of everyone else, uh, to become selfish as opposed to selfless. uh, That's when we suffer in misery. And by having an event that takes place that allows us to reassess our priorities, it's actually in the long run, a blessing in disguise, despite the hardship. And um, Sebastian Younger, he wrote a book, it's called Tribe uh, on Homecoming and Belonging. And uh, he was showing how you know these times of devastation, these times of uh, uh, either, either a natural disaster or war, that these events surprisingly actually bring people closer together. And uh, we saw this reflected in the uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, Maynard refers to this as the uh, compassion gene, right? And it's really, it's kind of uh, profound to think that, look, at an event like this, when devastation like this strikes, it actually makes us more compassionate towards one another. Uh, and I want to read an excerpt from uh, the book Tribe. So it says, the last time the United States experienced this kind of unity was briefly. After the terrorist attacks of September 11th, There were no rampage shootings for the next two years. The effect was particularly pronounced in New York City, where rates of violent crime, suicide, psychiatric disturbances dropped immediately. In many countries, antisocial behavior is known to decline during wartime. New York suicide rate dropped by around 20% in the six months following the attacks. The murder rate dropped by 40%. The pharmacists saw no increase in number of first-time patients filling prescriptions for anti-anxiety and antidepressant medication. Furthermore, veterans who were being treated for PTSD at the VA experienced a significant drop in their symptoms in the months after September 11th attacks. One way to determine what is missing in day-to-day American life may be to examine what behaviors spontaneously arise when that life is disrupted. And again, this was from uh, Sebastian Younger, who was uh, in his book, Tribe. And he was talking about how, you know, there's certain elements in life that uh, we think by eliminating these uh, hardships and difficulties in life, we're actually making our lives better, but we're actually making our lives more miserable. And one of the elements that are missing is this concept of caring for one another, you know, being compassionate for one another. Uh, realizing that, look, there's uh, more to life than to uh, see what I can do for myself, uh, that we're going to receive the most amount of satisfaction and fulfillment in our lives when we can serve other people. And, um, it's at these times of adversity, times of hardship, uh, when there's a natural disaster, um, you know, uh, wartime, right. That people are able to band together to put their differences aside and start helping one another and become ultimately more reverent towards God. And, um, it's one of these things that it's, it's hard and, you know, no one, very few people would want to uh, opt in for an event like that. But it's one of these things that after the fact that we realize we can be better people from it. Um, it's always at the times of hardship and adversity that we can really see what we're made of. And, uh, you know, people won't choose to go through those paths, but God knows what's best for us and will put us in those situations where we can advance because at the end of the day, what really matters is how we uh, grow and develop our souls. Everything else comes secondary. So if we have this opportunity, God knows what's best for us. You know, as a doctor to a patient, you know, the doctor doesn't care if the patient doesn't like the uh, the diagnosis or the medication. The doctor's only concerned with doing what's best for the patient. And similarly, God wants to do what's best for us. So at some point, you know, in history, maybe it's uh, beyond our uh, our lifespans. We don't know. There is going to be this event where uh, uh, asteroid is going to hit planet Earth. Uh, it's going to cause uh, devastation for months. Uh, it's going to cause smoke to cover the entire atmosphere, entire the world. It's going to disrupt our day to day. But what we're going to be able to achieve from that is the ability of realizing what really matters for us. You know, all these uh, trivialities that we complain about, that we uh, bicker about, that we fight over, that we divide ourselves over, we're going to realize this is all meaningless. And God willing, you know, event like that is going to pull us together. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be incredibly hard. Um, but uh, that's, again, these are the uh, the, the verses from the uh, the Quran, the Bible, talking about this event. And, uh, you know, God willing, we'll see uh, whatever God wills. We might be alive for it or not. Uh, God knows. So we're going to stop there. If you guys got any comments or questions, hit us up at QuranTalk at gmail.com or on Twitter at Talk Quran. And until next time, peace and God bless.